The content of this podcast is personal opinion of the hosts and guests and is not to be taken, interpreted, or perceived as medical advice on the practice of medicine. It's like circumcision, but for your whole body. (laughs) They like take off a piece of your skin. (laughs) Yeah, all the way around. All the way around. Hi, welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Aesthetic Ann, R-N-C-A-N-S. And I'm your other host, Sarah, the M-O-M. better half. <laughs> the, the better half. And you don't put M-O-M after your name. You well, are an M-O-M. So are you. I know. Well, and now I'm also a G-M. <laughs> R-N-C-A-N-S, M-O-M-G-M. Mm-hmm. Okay. So today we're going to talk about plastic surgery, but before we begin... We We said we have a review. Yes. So this review comes from SOF Seth, and they said, Jim Schroeder was a great guest, exclamation point. Very informative. Not often you can find a guest that brings insurance to life. His deep knowledge helped slingshot my shallow knowledge to a deeper level. I was max attentive to the pod. (laughs) I love that. Man, that guy is Keep up the great work. He's a word slayer. Wow. I love love that. that. What a review. Like, he put a lot of effort into that review. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thanks for that review. Yes, and I'm sure Jim appreciates it, too, because he does bring a not-so-great subject, like, to life. Yep. Breathe some breath into it. Yep, definitely. Speaking of breathing breath, let's talk about plastic surgery. (sighs) So you want a boob job. You want a boob job. Not you specifically, but the listener, possibly. They clicked on this because... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I've had two actually. Yeah, you want to get into that? Yeah, we can talk about a little, little bit later, like why I've had two. Okay, but. so start us off. We're talking about picking a plastic surgeon. You're thinking about it. You've d- been doing some light research. Hmm, I might want this. I might want this. I heard my friend got this, and I know I'm kind of interested. So where do you start? Well, first of all, I'm going to caution people. Please don't base your decision on... Google reviews, Yelp reviews, like, you know, who has like the coolest Snapchat or YouTube videos. I mean, that's a good start to kind of get an idea for what that. It's great to understand what the procedure is going to entail, but that's not how you choose somebody. Okay. How do you choose? Because all of that stuff is smoke and mirrors and you don't choose someone because they have the coolest website and do not choose somebody purely by being on real self, because as you know, I call it real shit mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is. That is a complete 100% pay to play platform. Mm. And so the people that are like, you know, top 10 or top 100 best injector in the United States or best surgeon in the United States or whatever, you guys, they've paid, they've paid to play for that. So just want to let you know. Sorry, the cat's out of the bag. So that was my number one caution right there. So number two is going to be, get. so where do you find out? Get real life referrals. Find somebody that's willing to admit that they've had the plastic surgery done mm-hmm. and ask them who did it. So get real life referrals. YouTube's a great place for that. Or if you know people, like if your friends have done stuff like that. Also... Get a referral of someone who's had the same surgery that you want to have. Right. Yeah. Don't don't go get a 
recommendation for someone who's had their ears pinned when you want tummy tuck. Right. It's not the same thing. Right. Which that's, that's a very, that kind of goes into my next point is choose the right surgeon for the right surgery. Well, can we like and, go through and like list all the surgeries you can do? Oh my gosh. There's a lot. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Let's start. start let's like have rapid toe. fire session. We'll go back and forth. Head to toe. Okay. First thing. Uh, eyebrow lift. Oh, I got hairline, hairline reduction or pr- protrusion, whatever. You okay. can move your hairline back and forth. Uh, upper and lower blepharoplasty. That's that's your eyes. Ear pinning. Rhinoplasty nose job. Lip, lip flip. <laughs> that's not a surgery. Okay, whatever. But okay, that's neck a non-surgical. Lift. Yeah, no, neck face lift. lift. Face yeah. lift. Lower, face yeah, so full face lift, lower face lift, neck lift. So I'll give you one. I get the other two out of those three. Pec implants. Yes, you can have, uh, men can have pec implants. Women can have breast implants. Um, Also, what I had. Pit implants. No, no pit implants. What I had was uh, a mastopexy. It's it's a breast lift, basically. Uh, But I didn't have the implants put in. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I I just had. Complete breast uh, breast lift. Tummy tuck. Tummy tucks. Yeah, that's good. Um, oh, thigh, inner thigh lift. Uh, calf implants. Yes, there are calf implants. Um, um, bicep implant. <laughs> <laughs> what and, else? And, and brachioplasty. So that that's I get two. What is that? That's that's where you um, under tuck the, the arm, arm fat. Mm-hmm. Tuck tuck the underarm. Uh, I may be a little toe at an lift. advantage since I'm in the industry. Yeah, no fair. <laughs> what did you say about toes? Toe lift? <laughs> toe lift. Oh, I haven't heard that one yet. Is that it? Uh, no, I'm sure there's more. So um, That's if, all we could think yeah, of. Yeah, that's, that's on our rapid fire session. That's what we could think of. So what are the types of, like, if a doctor oh, specializes... I'm sorry. There is a circumferential body lift, too. Where they, a body lift? They, they cut all the way around you. Around your um, waist, so they saw you we, in half like a magician. It, you look like that after you've had it done. Yeah, it's kind of weird when people have the stitches in, or e- even when you have a tummy tuck, the the stitches go all the way to the side. They extend to the side. So when you're looking in the mirror, it looks like it goes around you. So yeah, you look like you've just been stitched back together after like a magician did the cut you in half trick. Well, what's the it's point of the crazy. surgery? What's the point of that? Do they actually well, cut you fully in half or just your skin open? Well, they cut your skin and they it's circumferential, so they actually have to flip you on the table. And the reason for that is they're doing, oh, we forgot the great BBL butt lift. Oh, right, right, right. But they don't really do that for a butt lift. The, it's it's um, after people have had, you know, the obesity surgery, the, I can't think of the name of it. Gastro, you know, yes, whatever. the gastro surgery. Band, the lap and band. then they've lost, they've lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, then a lot of those people have to have the circumferential lift. So it's kind of like, you know, pulling your skin pants up. It's like circumcision, but for your whole body. <laughs> they like take off a piece of your skin. Yeah, all the way around. All yeah. the way around. <laughs> Just on a larger oh, part. Next time I take care of a patient, if they've had a circumferential, I'll be like, oh, okay, so they had a circumcision. <laughs> they'll look at me like Full I'm body crazy. circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave my us gosh. a review and tell us of the things that we listed or if we missed any what would you want to get done if you yeah. were going to get plastic surgery yeah we'd like to know That's some people great. are afraid to say it so it can be our little secret inquiring minds want to know so back to that choose the right surgeon for the right surgery and you made a great point I mean uh, someone that does ear pinning or facelifts um, they're not going to be as focused and as great on body. So really in the plastic surgery, yes, in the plastic surgery world, uh, 
people, plastic surgeons, and I'm going to say guys, right? There's lots of women out there. Don't be offended. It's just a terminology I'm using. It's like, you know, if, if you have a paint guy, if you've got a carpet cleaner guy, you know, some you talk to some tile of these guy, people. They, tile guy, guy, electrician guy. Yeah, you always have a guy, right? So in plastic surgery, they're either a body guy or they're going to be a face guy. So those so, are two, like... It kind of breaks down into that. Mm-hmm. And then those break down into more subsets. But but basically, think of like the you know the TV show Botched. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Dr. Nassif and Dr. Debro. Right? Nassif is your face guy. Mm-hmm. Debro is your body guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how it is in the plastic surgery world. That's why they put them on that show together. Because Nassif is incredibly, super freaking awesome, laser-focused, skilled on doing everything having to do with the face. And mm-hmm. Dubrow, same thing with the body. And when you try to be a jack of all trades and split that up, it's really difficult to become excellent mm-hmm. at, at those particular surgeries. So but, for what you want to do, you need to find the doctor that specializes in yeah, that. Um, to break, just, just for the audience so that they'll know, to break those things down even further, you know, if, if they're a plastic surgeon that is a body plastic surgeon, then they're going to specialize in breast implants, body lifts, liposuction, male type surgeries like the the pec implants and the the uh, bicep implants, things like that that we talked about. Um, some of them are going to focus on reconstruction, like breast reconstruction after breast cancer. Mm. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Then you also have the face surgeons. So you got a lot of face trauma surgeons. They're going to focus on like motor vehicle accident. They're going to focus on, um, so that'd be like post-trauma. They're going to focus on like congenital. Speaking of, there's a motorcycle outside. (laughs) Um, Some pediatric, um, you know, there's pediatric plastic surgeons. They focus on like congenital deformities, like cleft lips, cleft palates, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so it does break down, and um, and a lot of those surgeons that focus on doing, you know, plastic surgery like breast lifts, breast implants, tummy tucks, things like that. A lot of them will also do the other stuff because a lot of them like give their time and talent to organizations. A lot of facial plastic surgeons will give time and talent to like organizations where they go to third world countries and fix a lot of the cleft palates and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then on this same point, I called this point number two and a half. Don't be afraid to travel a distance to get your plastic surgery. Yeah, if you find someone that you want and you got to go to them, go for it. Exactly. If it's worth it to you. Yeah. I mean, and kind of with the last point, it's really hard to find like that all-around plastic surgery athlete doctor. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, I happen to work with one of the few in the world that is considered that, Dr. Rod Rorick. Um, They call him the plastics god, and he literally can do faces and bodies and everything from head to toe, Um, and there's very few that are like that, basically like nobody. But and that's we in, have he's people, in Dallas. He's here in Dallas, and people don't realize that Dallas is a huge plastic surgery hub. I'm sure people know that a lot of people here have had plastic surgery, sure. but I don't think they understand that we literally have people travel from worldwide, come and get plastic surgery here, number one being Dr. Rourke, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. like We have people from Southeast Asia, Europe, uh, wow. Eastern Europe, like all over, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and LA is a big hub too. And and then uh, of course New York is a huge hub too. There's sure. you know excellent surgeons in New York. Right. Um, one of my favorite surgeons. So I 
I will admit I have two plastic surgery crushes. Okay. Dr. Nassif, of course, over in Beverly Hills Mm -hmm. with Botched. He's my number one. Cut me open anytime you want. (laughs) Hey, stitch me up however you like. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then Dr. Eduardo Rodriguez, he's at New York Langone University in New York, and he is freaking amazing. And and for the punch for me, me in the face and reconstruct my <laughs> yeah. nose. It's not like I look at surgeries and go, oh my gosh, I'm so in love with them. I am. I'm in love with them with the work that they do. But they both are so kind and so incredibly gracious and sweet that I interviewed Dr. Rodriguez. I hope I get to interview Ooh. Dr. Nassif at some time in the future. Mm-hmm. But I interviewed Dr. Rodriguez and he was just so funny. And I literally on camera, I was like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and goes, I love you too. <laughs> so, but so the, why I like him, the reason why he's so skilled is he is the guy. Okay, we're using that term again. He's the guy Mm -hmm. that did the very first successful full face transplant here in the United States. Oh, my God. Full face. They took the face off of a person that was not dead yet, but they were brain dead. So it it was an organ donation. And your skin is technically an organ. It is an organ. And they transplanted the whole face onto another person. Were they like a burn victim? Yes, it was a volunteer firefighter somewhere in the South. I cannot remember because I heard this lecture like four years ago. He gave like an hour and a half lecture and he went through step by step like how they did it. And it was incredible. It was the most amazing thing. So I would love to have him on to tell the audience about that. Just thought of that. You get my thinking out loud. Like my audience gets everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So (laughs) You're like, yay. Mm -hmm, Yay. Okay, number three. Number three is going to be get a minimum of three consultations. I know that might be difficult if you're planning to travel, but you guys, there's a thing called video technology. Wow. Yeah, it's really amazing. And you can do consults that way. You can do a video consult. Well, and what's interesting is I have been a huge proponent of telemedicine and video conferencing, like video consultation, stuff like that for several years. And... The people that in the crowds I run around, they just kind of like didn't see much of a use. But now since we've had this stupid COVID crap, like people are understanding that telemedicine has a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you guys, if you're going to travel for plastic surgery, if you live in Utah and you want to possibly go to LA or go to Dallas or go to New York, ask the office that you are thinking about, don't let that hold you back. Call them, ask them if they're doing telemedicine consultations. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, what you know, there ask- may be some challenges to that, but they might be able to work through those. What do you ask for in a consultation? Why do you need three? What are you looking for? Are you looking for somebody who is more skilled or are you looking for somebody that has a great bedside manner? It's up to you. I mean, it's rarely do you find both, but there are some people that if they work with a plastic surgeon that kind of is short and curt with them, they get their feelings hurt. So obviously they want somebody who's really good at what they do, but they have a great bedside manner too. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. right. So you want to look at that and then you want to, you want to hear them actually describe the surgery to you, give you an idea of what to expect. Um, I personally like physicians to share with me, you know, what may some of the challenges be. Now, if you're talking about a simple breast augmentation, you're just popping some implants in, 
pop up, pop up, <laughs> you know, th- there may not be that big a deal. Does that mean that there's not any risks with that? No. It just means that your surgery may be just kind of a run-of-the-mill standard. But if there are some, you know, additional issues... Oh, so we forgot to say Apple's Adam shaving and jaw, jaw shaving. <laughs> you can do that. Yeah. Okay. Chin implant. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about jaw shaving. You can. You can, like, like they, like, sh- like, for transgender male to female, they soften, like, the jaw line. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Well, Watch YouTube videos. And then there's the whole transgender surgery itself. That's a huge plastic surgery, too. Uh-huh. Right? Going from male to female and female to male. So, there you go. So, those types of things are, like, more invasive. There's more challenges you want to talk about. Right. Um, things that, I mean, or if even, not even if you're doing reconstruction, but if you're doing a nose surgery, like the nose is very complex. It is. In fact, it's probably the most difficult surgery. And unfortunately, when I recommended, when I gave someone a referral, and this is embarrassing, I'm a plastic surgery nurse, but I did give a very close person to me a referral for rhinoplasty. I should have just said, hands down, doesn't matter how much it costs, go to Dr. Rorick. Because he's the nose guy. Because he is he's he's the everything guy. world renowned for rhinoplasties. That's his number one thing that he's absolutely known for. The second thing is everything else. <laughs> um, but it it's going to cost you through the nose. <laughs> but no, really. And there's, there's a lot of other great na- nose surgeons too. But nose surgery is like you can be one quarter of a millimeter off and it will make a difference. Yikes. And I, I did not realize that at the time. Anyway, so beyond that. What were you talking about? Um, what you need to look for in a consult. Yeah. You definitely want them to be able to communicate to you what some of their concerns might be. Mm-hmm. And so basically, again, I love Dr. Nassif, Dr. Dubrow. That's what I love about Botched because they're real. And they, they tell it like it is. And they should. We respect that. Yes. Okay, point number four is something I don't think a lot of people think about. And I personally think it's very important. From the time you begin interacting or communicating with the office staff, you need to start paying attention. How do they treat you? Um, I, I also believe pay attention when you're in the office. How do they treat other patients? How do they, how do they communicate and treat with the patients that call? How do they... Why is communi- that important? Well, because that's going to be indicative of how they're going to treat you. So pay attention. Yeah, but I don't care how a receptionist is treating me as long as the doctor doesn't botch my nose. Right. Well, it may not necessarily be the receptionist. I was going to get at, you know, pay attention to how the office staff, which includes the nurse, the nurses that they have on staff, anyone that's going to be, you know, involved in your care, pay attention to how they treat each other. If they treat each other, it could affect your care because if, if they're not communicating well, if they're acting as though you're a pain in the ass or they hang up the phone and they start gossiping or talking about the, the person that just called, it was the third time they called back and they already told them blah, 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 blah. You're not going to get great care when it comes to pre-surgery and post-surgery. Pre-surgery information, the medications and the over-the-counter things that you should not be taking before your surgery is important. In fact, it could be life-threatening. And if they're lazy because they're so involved in thinking that their patients that, you know, that doing their job, that you're a pain in the ass, that's a problem. I just don't know how you can tell that before you like 
it actually happens well, to you. I'm just saying, just look at the overall environment. Look at how they treat other patients, how they treat you, and how they especially treat each other because it will affect your care. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's not important to you, that's okay. But I'm just saying, I'm just stating the ramifications could affect you. It's a good point. It's a good okay. point. Valid point. Okay, point number five. If you have the ability to get any intel or recon on these surgeons with, you know, and getting it from like people that work with them, either office, again, either office staff, but especially if you can find plastic surgery nurses like you, yeah, like me, that have either worked with them or they're kind of on the inside. Like we all know what's going on with other plastic surgeons in the area, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. We hear stuff. We hear stuff from the OR nurses. What happens in the OR is supposed to stay in the OR. But? But, you know, we, we all know things happen. And, you know, I'm not encouraging nurses to, like, go against their license or anything like that. But I also, if you know something about a plastic surgeon and you know someone that is about to choose to have surgery with that do nurses have to break? Do nurses have to sign NDAs? Plastic surgeons mm. or anybody? I, I never have. Oh, well, then share, share you know, your experience. What's, what's interesting, well, but there's HIPAA. I mean, there's HIPAA and everything like that, but... That's just not disclosing a patient. You could say John Doe right. got a tummy tuck, but accidentally cut off his pee-pee or something. <laughs> what could go wrong in a tummy tuck? Uh, several things. You can have things go wrong in liposuction, but it's important. There are some physicians out there like... As we mentioned, their social media, they have like awesome smoke and mirrors. But if you are to get in touch with their state's medical board, that's another point having to do with this. That's like 0.5.5. Get in touch with the medical board. Check them out. Check out their license. If if a physician doesn't want to give you their license number, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But if they have any... Um, you know, if they have any grievances or anything against their license, the medical board will know if they're uh, if they're under any disciplinary actions. The medical board will let you know. Um, also, you can check public records. You can find out have they had any lawsuits against them. Now, I'm not saying just because they've had a lawsuit against them doesn't mean that that lawsuit is founded. A Brazilian butt lift um, has its risks, and you know, unfortunately, in the last ten years, that a lot of surgeons were finding that out. Speaking of risk, another important thing is the physician going over all of the risks entailed with that particular surgery. Some have more risks than others. So like breast implants. Pop, pop, you're done. Yeah. Those don't have as much risk, but there can be risks. Rhinoplasty, you know, is a little bit more risk, but not as much. Um, You know, when you get into liposuction, they can nick, they can kind of break through the abdominal cavity. I've heard that happening. I've heard you know, nicking, they've nicked um, during a tummy tuck. Um, they've nicked maybe with a scalpel, another organ. Like things Yikes. happen. That's why I'm a nurse. And after you've had plastic surgery, you want me to take care of you because you want me to be checking to see if you could have any internal bleeding or if you've got a giant hematoma rising up on your beautiful facelift you just had. Yikes. You know, your big, your lovely neck lift you just had. So, rising up. <laughs> In your throat, <laughs> hematoma, and the nurse got to check it. <laughs> there you go. Not only are there risks of, you know, complications after the surgery, 
but there is definitely the risk of complications during the surgery. And I'm sure some people are going to think that this would be like weird, but I highly encourage you to bring up, ask the surgeon, do you know how to take care of emergent situations should something come up during my surgery? Like if someone's blood pressure starts bottoming out, do they know how to take care of that? Surely. I mean, obviously you're going to have an anesthesiologist or a nurse anesthetist in there with you. So ask them about those emergent situations. It's not any different than somebody who I'm getting ready to do filler on, and I'm a big proponent of this. You need to be asking if you have an occlusion with your filler, do you know how to handle that situation? And do you have the substance to take care of it? That means the filler gets in your bloodstream and blocks an artery. Yes. And so it, that question, I want people to be asking their nurse injectors that question. Same thing. You need to be asking your surgeon these questions because... Surgeon, you're giving me a tummy tuck and you cut my spleen. What do you do? <laughs> exactly. Do you know how to handle it? Do you, you know, Have you been in an emergent situation where you've seen another surgeon handle it, like in their residency or something like that? You know, you want to know that they've also had that experience. None of these surgeries are risk-free because if anything, number one, every single surgery has the risk of infection. Now that's not during the that surgery. Leads to death. That is post-surgery, but there is the risk of infection and that, that infection can get, yes, it can get bad enough to where you could actually die. And then people die from plastic surgery. People die from plastic surgery. There's Maybe not on the table, but like afterwards. Yeah, but I know some, I know some instances that people have died on the table. That's what I'm talking about. Well, well, no, but you were also talking about afterwards getting infected. Right. Everything. Both. Everything in between. Yes. Yes. And so that happens. People, I know, I know that there are some women here in the Metroplex, you know, South Lake, Plano, Frisco, Dallas. I know those four specific areas that one person in each of those areas have died from having a mommy makeover. Yikes. Which was a breast breast lift or implants and tummy tuck, because nice. it can be a high risk surgery. So, not only can people die from plastic surgery, but they can also have things happen that become a lifelong, you know, side effect or problems. So yeah, like getting a nose job and then deviating your septum, and so you can't use your left nostril ever again. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah. So you, then you need to have another one, or or another one, and then a third one. And then there are some people that have been in Dallas plastic surgery. I know this one girl, it was her fifth nose job. Dude, that's crazy. Did she look like Michael Jackson? No, but um, I don't know. Well, the thing is, I don't know what she looked like before because I don't work in their offices. I work in the Cloister Hotel where people come and recover after having the plastic surgery. But Ah. I couldn't believe she'd had a fifth one. Yeah, that's insane. um, Because, yes, I mean, she's still... it, she had a nose there, and it looked fantastic. But she had a nose there. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't like Michael Jackson's that where it was, you know, hardly anything there. Yeah. He was close to looking like Voldemort. Yeah. Bless his heart. Anyway, but basically, and the more surgeries you have on that one area, the more difficult and dangerous it's going to be. So the fact that, that Dr. Rorick does what they call tertiary, which are third and fourth, um, rhinoplasties and fifth and sixth. <laughs> Rhino, third and fourth rhinoplasties after somebody else has worked on it, that's like a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Like most surgeons will not touch going in and doing surgery after somebody else, especially two or three times. Mm-hmm. They just don't do that. Anyway, but Brazilian butt lifts, they have 
issues. Like I did not realize <laughs> <Issues. this. laughs> well, the people they they can actually be one of the more dangerous because you're dealing with a lot of fat and fatty tissue and you're injecting fat and and a fat embolism is the same thing as a blood clot, but it's made with fat. And so it can be really dangerous and that can lead to death either when they're on the table or very likely like after several days after, or, you know, you're dealing with um, the sciatic nerve and stuff like that. So you can have, you know, lifelong issues with the sciatic nerve. So people just really need to find out about these risks and discuss it with your physician. Don't just read about the risks or hear about them from me. Discuss them with that particular physician when you're discussing that surgery. And if they won't discuss it or they kind of skirt it, that should be a red flag. Mm-hmm. Go to somebody who's not worried about, you know, talking about those issues. It's a big deal. I hope this was helpful information to everyone. Yeah, totally. Leave us a review and tell us which plastic surgery you would want to get. And if you disagree with Anne on anything. That too. <laughs> or if you have any questions, you think of something that you would like to add to this list. You know, we're more than happy to to do that because it's all about patient safety and your education and your information. So if you've had some experiences and you think that something should be added to this list, let us know. Thank you guys so much for listening. We so appreciate you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. That's Aesthetic and RN. Or if you want a more personal connection and you can always reach out to us through email, which is aestheticannrn at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a great one. Bye. Bye.